0: show we are glad you're with us thanks so much as always this portion of the program brought to you by our friends burn pit barbecue one of the best veteran owned businesses in the country and it's based right here in the state of wisconsin It is burn pit barbecue if you are looking for anything in the world of rubs sauces hot sauces that they have now Burn Pit Barbecue, they are veteran-owned. They do a lot to support veterans in the community, and they are one of the best veteran-owned businesses in the country. They've been in existence now almost two years, but based out of Racine, Wisconsin, for everything they offer, go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Good, good stuff from our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. Uh, let's do this. Let's go uh, right to the phones and uh, talk to our guy on the ground, so to speak. Chad Reuter joining us, uh, NFL draft analyst. You can find him on Twitter at Chad underscore Reuter. Chad, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, got a couple of naps in the last couple of days, catching up on sleep a little bit. So, uh, you know, it's all good.
0: So after the draft is now kind of the dust is settled, we'll say. Give me your thoughts on what the Green Bay Packers did.
1: Well, I thought they got good value at all their picks, which is, you know, something that you're you're looking for going in. Um, And I think they got the receiver they needed and a couple others later, which were, um, you know, solid picks as well. So that that was their main spot. Um, Their two first round picks, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, really good players um, worth worth the picks that they used on them. And uh, I think overall, you know, you have to be happy walking out with uh, with that. And, you know, it's funny, like some of the other, we'll talk about some of the other teams in the division, but like when you're picking at the end of the round all the time, it's really hard to come out with like a lot of good players. Um, and, and they've managed to do that in this draft.
0: The need was wide receivers. We know that. Christian Watson they ended up jumping up to get but they didn't have to pay as huge a price as they would have had they jumped up to get one of the top six guys early on in this draft so give me your thoughts on Christian Watson
1: yeah uh, Christian Watson really good player I thought they might go with George Pickens apparently Pickens did not um, do very well with teams and interviews because he lasted much longer than he should have given his talent so um, Watson and Pickens are fairly comparable in terms of um, their agility with the ball in their hands after the catch uh, downfield threats, uh, things like that. So I think he can do a lot of, he can do a lot of things. Uh, and I think you're right. Uh, a lot of people maybe say, why didn't they trade up for Jalon Burks or, or, um, you know, Jahan Dotson a little bit later, but given what teams were giving up to move up, um, I think they made the smart move. Typically I'm not enthralled with a pick when they, um, give up a mid-round pick to move up in a mid second round pick to move up in the second round that's a lot of value but given where the receiver market was given what teams were willing to do other receivers that were picked in the top 50 which were picked a little earlier than i expected um you know i think it all went uh, uh, it was a good plan and, and it worked out for them.
0: I uh, I like the defensive picks, and we were talking earlier with Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette about the need for defense and getting it better and better and better. Are you of the belief that the offense is okay the way it is right now, or do you feel that they still have to go out and find themselves an additional veteran? We learned today D.K. Metcalf says he is not leaving Seattle. They're going to work out a deal. He's staying there, so that's off the board for a trade. So that leaves some of the guys that are either still out there on the open market or maybe working a deal to some uh, to some extent.
1: Yeah, I think we'll find that out. Um, more when many camps and, and Packers really see what they have. Uh, if if they're not happy with what they have, and then of course injuries, right? I mean, injuries always happen. So that might force their hand a little bit. And frankly, if Green Bay was going to trade with rece- uh, Seattle for a receiver, I'd, I'd be happy if they got Tyler Lockett. Uh, they'd probably get a lot, you know, would have to give up a lot less for him. But he's an outstanding receiver that's really underrated. So, um, you know, depending on how they feel about, Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers coming back and, you know, the price on these veterans will continue to go down for now. Um, But if somebody gets hurt, you know, that price may go up. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. But I think, I think they're okay where they're at right now, but you know, teams are always looking for value and stuff like that after, after mini camp, after the beginning of training camp to see, you know, what they have in house.
0: So uh, we go back to the uh, the defensive side of the football and the trenches. That's where they went. They went with a lot of guys of, uh, of linebacker capability to bolster their special teams. Talk about the offensive line, though. I, I still say not 100% sure on David Bakhtiari. We know Elton Jenkins is not going to be back anytime soon. They picked up Zach Tom. They picked up Shea Ryan. Uh, they uh, brought in obviously uh, more than a few guys to back them up when it comes to the uh, college free agents that were out there. Mm-hmm. Rasheed mm-hmm. Walker over at the left tackle position. So, do you feel good with the depth that this team now has offensively to protect Aaron Rodgers?
1: Yeah, I I really liked the Sean Ryan pick. I thought he was um, a a solid uh, third round pick all day. He sort of reminded me of Batiri coming out. Not exactly the same body type or anything like that but like a pac 12 guy that was really underrated i had a second round grade on bakteri coming out so i think i think that was a really good pick for them he could play guard or tackle and that's really Zach tom versatile another versatile guy just like they like i I liked him quite a bit um and, and rasheed walker in the seventh round i mean you gotta take a chance on a guy like that um and i like some of the guys they got afterwards too cole schneider is just a tough tough-minded um uh, player who will come after you i really like him as an undrafted guy um george moore's got a lot to work with a lot of tools to work with so i think overall they they really did a good job bolstering that group
0: so i uh, this is the question that everybody asked me and i'll ask you with all the teams that were looking for quarterback play jordan love he's sitting there they're not using him Somebody you would have figured would have offered a decent trade for him. Maybe they did. I don't know. But what in reality was Jordan Love's value?
1: Um, I think. Well, again, it was if you're going to get a promise, and I I think some of the quarterbacks that were picked in the third and even Sam Howell in the fifth round are pretty pretty promising prospects. If you can get a quarterback like that in the second, third, fifth round, um, you know Jordan Love wasn't going to have much of a trade value. If a bunch of those guys went early and then teams had to look for, for other guys, then then Jordan's value goes up a little bit. So um, right now, his value is not worth much. But as if he does well in preseason and some of the other guys don't look so good, that's when his value goes up. That's where they can unload him um, before the season. And it might not be before this season. It might be next year, depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think his value goes up from where it is right now. The better he plays in preseason and the more unfortunate things happen to other quarterbacks around the league.
0: That See, that's what I was telling people. And, and I just said, look, he didn't do anything to help his cause and to up his value in preseason last year, nor during the regular season. He, I, I get it. People wanted to make the excuse that, well, he came into the Kansas City situation because of COVID with uh, Aaron Rodgers. He came in kind of unfresh. He wasn't taking starters reps, and he wasn't getting the uh, the looks in practice okay. But after that, Rodgers hurt his toes, so he had all the starters reps leading into the second half of that Detroit game when it was meaningless for the Packers, and he still didn't look good. He didn't do anything last year, in my opinion, to help himself, did he?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he did, but I think that if a team before the draft, when he was drafted in 2020, if a team liked him before that time, they wouldn't care about they wouldn't care about what happened during the regular season last year because they know that it's a you have to invest a lot of time. A guy isn't getting started up for two weeks and looking like a genius out on the field. That's mm-hmm. not happening. So if they liked him before, they would still like him now. And but if teams didn't like him, they you're right they didn't. There was nothing to, to make them change their mind about him.
0: I just keep getting the sense that the Packers fell in love with a guy and jumped up to get a guy that not a lot of people were clamoring for at that time. So that that's just, that, that's yeah, all I get out of it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it only takes two or three other teams to have interest in them for you to have to trade up for them. So it's not like the league was in love with them, obviously at the 26th pick, but right. um, I still, you know, I'm fine. I'm still fine with that pick the way they did it because, you know, going back to that time period um, Rogers was not coming off an MVP season by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no backups they were terrible at backup position at that there. And they didn't have to give up a whole lot to get him. And I think he showed enough to me to show promise. You know, these quarterbacks when they're picked, even in the first round, it's a 50, 50 proposition at best. But if you see enough talent in a guy, you got to go get that quarterback in my opinion. And, and if Rod, you know, and Rogers had been hurt two out of the previous five years before that. So they were really thin at quarterback. They weren't getting it done with guys like Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle. So, making that investment's fine. And we'll see if he becomes more of a, you know, gets more reps at some point and becomes something. But, um, you know, I'm still fine with that pick with him.
0: So, when, uh, and by the way, we're talking with Chad Reuter, uh, NFL draft analyst. You can find him over on Twitter at Chad underscore Reuter. So, when you look at this draft, uh, the rest of the NFC North, how much better do you believe the Vikings got? Let's start there.
1: Well, uh, I think they did very well. Uh, they got a lot of very good value picks. I have a new article um, on NFL.com today about the, my favorite picks. And uh, Vidarian Lowe, Lowe, their sixth round pick as an offensive tackle, I think is one of the better guys they picked in a while at that position. Um, so even guys in the later rounds, Ty Chandler from North Carolina. Um, and I like Andrew Booth. The injury things kicked him out of the first round, but they could be a real value with them. So I think they did pretty well for themselves. And again, These these teams, if they're picking in the early to mid part of the first round, they should do well.
0: Mm -hmm. So the Packers, uh, we all know, we believe their defense got better. We know the other two teams that were trading, which is odd because you don't see a lot of trades within the division between uh, the, the the Packers and then the Vikings and then the Vikings and the Lions. And the Lions got better. I believe the Lions got better. I think the Lions did fantastic. And keeping Hutchinson in state, getting a project that's going to eventually, you would assume, pay off to them. Uh, Jameson Williams for uh, the wide wide receiver mm-hmm. position. I think Detroit got a lot better.
1: Yeah, I, I think they did, and uh, because it's very possible they got the best offensive and de- defensive player in the draft um, with, with Jameson and Ian Hutchinson. It's very possible. So uh, you have to appreciate it again. They, they gave up a franchise quarterback who won and won a Super Bowl, so you better get something out of that pick, um, even if you have to trade other picks to move up, right? I mean, they, they're coming out of a pretty dark place um, overall right now, so they did the best that they could. I think Jameson Williams is going to be the best receiver out of this draft in the end. Uh, Josh Pascal, I'm so glad he got picked early, and they overlooked. You know, they, he beat cancer. That was a great pick. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. James Mitchell, Virginia Tech. I think they did well for themselves uh, as well, but they have a they also have a long way to go. So um, you know, I think playoff tickets are probably a little. Um, you might be a little early to print Premature, yeah. for them, but but uh, <laughs> but they but they did pretty well for themselves. And uh, you know, what's funny about the trading within the division that happens, but it only happens when they're, when somebody's not getting a quarterback or something like that. And otherwise teams are willing to take the draft capital from their rivals and say, Hey, look, you can have Jameson Williams. We're going to pick multiple starters later on based on that trade. And so they're fine mm-hmm. with that. If it if it's one of those deals, but you don't want to give somebody, you know, a, a guy that a quarterback that's going to you know, lead them to multiple division titles. It's just in the situation.
0: Bill, before I let you go, uh, tell me what you think about uh, the Chicago bears, the way they've gone about business this off season and obviously the draft this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the draft was, I, the draft was good. I, I like the players they got, you know, a lot of people are clamoring for more offensive line play for the or picks earlier offensive line picks for them. I think honestly, I, I, I'm fine with them giving up a first round to get Justin Fields. I thought he was a good pick for them. And I think their offensive line will be better this year in a different scheme and with Fields getting rid of the ball a little quicker and maybe some more guys around him that he can unload the ball more quickly to them so that it's not as much pressure on the line. But they also got some good guys on day three to, to bolster the line. So I think the Bears helped themselves quite a bit. And if now with a new coach, um, I, maybe
0: they, they start coming on the way out. Chad, stuff's over at NFL.com. You can read it there, Chad. Appreciate it as always, and we'll talk again soon, okay?
1: Yeah, sounds great. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, pal. You can read his stuff uh, on uh, Twitter, at Chad underscore Reuter, R-E-U-T-E-R. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. But if you go to NFL.com, he has uh, got a whole, and he, I just you know kind of pulled it up as I was sitting here reading it. He's got a whole uh, list of picks that he really liked picks that he didn't like. So if you're uh if you're interested in seeing what other teams around the NFL did, uh you can certainly go there and check that out for yourself as well. Uh this portion of the program brought you I was just at New Mal Medical yesterday. I was just there yesterday saying hi to Doc Tim and everybody just there yesterday. And the thing about it is with the guys from New Mail, they have I went over there and I started I, you know you just get your numbers checked. It takes you maybe five, ten minutes. Uh, but the big thing is, is they've got this whole new, innovative, the weight loss program that they want to put you on, meal plan they can come with it, vitamin supplements that they can uh, they can give you now. Just when they take a look at your blood and they begin to say say, okay, this is good, that's good, uh, this isn't good, you need to raise your levels here or do something here. There's so many different things they can do, besides just erectile dysfunction, which by the way they're the leaders in. So if you're even thinking. That you might have that you want to go get checked or you're the partner of somebody who does and you know go go get that checked they they can do that they have a 98 success rate all but telling you you are cured they can help you out but everything else just to make you feel better to look better Feel more vital, get your energy back, sleep really good at night, which has this this circular trickle-down effect. If you sleep good, you feel good, you wake up rested and refreshed, you have better mind ability, this brain chemistry. I mean, it's just all this stuff that goes with it. If you don't pick up the phone, then I don't know what to tell you. Then you're not helping yourself. You're just sitting there making excuses. 414-414. 455 4451. That's 414 Again, 414 And guys, here's a little hint. Say the woman in your life is suffering a little bit from the same thing. You can't figure out why the added weight's there. Got a hormone issue, whatever it is. They now have new femme. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's all in the same building in Milwaukee, but they have locations everywhere. So for one phone number, tell the wife. Tell the girlfriend, okay, hey, give them a call, 414-455-4451. They, too, can get more energy, feel more refreshed, lose a little weight, look a little better, the whole deal, the whole deal, 414-455-4451. That's our friends at New Mel Medical. Give them a shout. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. In Wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network welcome back to the program if you are heading out tonight maybe you're gonna get some good food I know it's not great to sit by a lake especially when it's raining but One of our newer sponsors uh, that helps us out with uh, Fisher House Rides is going to be our friends over at Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Go see my girl Trish over there. Go in and say hi to Trish. She's always smiling, always happy. Her and Bernie. Bernie's the owner. But uh, they have really good food. Really good food over there. It's a great place to uh, hang out. Come lake time, come summer, want to get out on that balcony. Or not on the balcony, but on their, their big patio. They also have docks on Pewaukee Lake, so you can actually get off the boat. And go over to the Sunset Grill. Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. And it's just that whole chain of bars and restaurants that are over there. They're really great people. They've renovated. They made that place spectacular. And it's a great stop. That Sunset Grill in Pewaukee. And go say hi to our girl Trish. And when you go in and see Trish, ask her if she still has the leather pants. Say, Bill Michaels asked, do you still have the leather pants? You, you just That's all I'm going to say. That's it. Just go in and ask her. Good stuff. Hey, uh, here's something for you. If you are a company, I'm going to give you a little heads up. I'm going to be doing something uh, coming up in uh, here on Friday night, May 20th, uh, which is part of the Gridiron Greats. And it's the what, what uh, for so long, Jerry Kramer was involved with, Mike Ditka is involved with, and it's the 2022 Hall of Fame dinner. Now, uh, because we have done so much with them. And we had a lot of them on when we were out at Super Bowl. And one of the deals we were trying to work for a while was, look, we would love to be a part of this. Give us something, you know, give us some incentive. And so I'm going to do some work down there with them. But here's the thing. They, uh, Sonia, uh, who runs this, just got a hold of me and said, hey, look, uh, one of the deals that we were going to cut with them was give us some tables that we can get a discount on. And if you are a company that want to be a part wants to be a part of this, okay. If you're a company that wants to be a part of this, let us know or let Sonia know. Okay. Now, hang on a second. Let me like. Normally, a table for ten is five thousand dollars. Okay, that's a pretty steep price for a lot of companies. Uh, she's going to give it to us for thirty five hundred. So we want to put two tables together. So if you're a company out there that wants to do this. Head down to Chicago, and you get to hang out with Ditka. Frankie Winters is going to be a part of this. Yeah, Frankie Winters is going to be a part of this. It's going to be a great night. So um, when we do this, uh, and there's going to be others as well uh, that are going to be in attendance. Um, Jack Youngblood uh, is going in with the class of 2020. Jack Youngblood, long time, man. You talk about a badass dude love him. Ron Rivera, Washington Commanders head coach. Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn. Uh, Jim Riggins is no longer with us. Lisa Marie Riggins going to be here. Uh, And going to the CFL, Jim Hobson is going to be part of this as well. So you want to come down and hang out with some Hall of Famers? You want to come down and have a good meal, see Mike Ditka, they do uh, the, the Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame 2022, benefiting the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund that helps former players in need. It's a great opportunity to do it. So if you're looking for a table, and it's a lot cheaper between you, me, and the fence post, it's it's us. This is, this is strictly our deal between you and me. It's 3500 bucks. Go to gridirongrates.org gridirongrates.org and send them an email and let Sonia know that you heard it on the Bill Michael show. Okay? And she will take care of you. It's coming up on Friday night, May 20th. We're going to get uh, a hotel room over at now I know hotel rooms are available at the Hyatt. We always stay with our our friends over there at the the uh the Sheridan four points right there on the on the river walk, the city walk. So that's where we're gonna be uh, but if you can, if you can, uh, can want to be a part of this, let us know. Let us know. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? By all means, go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Tom says, "So glad the Brewers play tonight. Don't think I could go another night without fifty Vizzy commercials." <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> fifty Visi commercials. Yeah, they they are advertising quite a bit, aren't they? Um, and, and the 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 busy commercials are a little weird. They're a little off the beaten path. They're they're certainly appealing to a uh, different audience, if you will. Is the best way to put it. <laughs> oh man. That's great. Uh, this one's from Mike. Mike says, uh, "Unit love the program. If the Bucks win tonight, do they end up sweeping Boston when coming back to the Pfizer form? I can't imagine them sweeping Boston. Boston, Boston did not play well. And and let's be honest, between you, me, and the fence post, Boston didn't hit their shots. I, I'm not taking anything away from the Bucks defense because the Bucks Bucks forced them outside. Okay, in game one, they forced them to go way beyond the arc, a lot." So I'm not I'm not uh I'm not here to point the finger to say nah baby nah and that the Bucks were the end all beat all. But the 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 Celtics they had open looks. They had open looks. They they shot fifty times beyond the arc. They shot thirty six percent. They were eighteen of fifty. Eighteen of fifty. They shot fifty times beyond the arc, thirty-four times from the field, from inside. When your shots now, normally, if you live by the Budenholzer, grip it, rip it, let it fly. That's different. Okay, I get it, but the Bucks did not allow them. Didn't allow Tatum or Horford or even Marcus Smart, for that matter, to get inside. You know, Williams was kind of a, a relative non-factor, to be honest with you. He ended up, he was more of a, of, a, of a hack. He was fouling people. He only blocked three shots. He had three blocks on the inside. I get that. But he was just he was flailing. He was just taking up space. Bucks didn't allow him to get inside. When you go Bobby Portis, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, you're not getting inside. So they kept him outside and they weren't hitting their shots. Even on wide open, stand by yourself. Eat some popcorn. Drink a beer. Look, they weren't hitting their shots. Had they hit some of those shots, it might have been a different game. Which is why I'm going to say that I believe that Boston's going to make this a series before it's all said and done, because they're a better shooting team than that. But the Bucs just would not allow them to get anything going on the inside. Terrific philosophy and strategy. And then obviously at the opposite end, uh, Giannis just kind of took over. And once they started focusing on Giannis, it was pretty much, you know, give it up to Drew Holiday, give it up to, uh, you know, Grayson Allen. They began hitting their shot. It wasn't like the bench scored a lot, though. Pat Connaughton only had eight points. He was two for four beyond the arc. Grayson Allen three for six. So they were fifty they were fifty percent beyond the arc. But it was you know, and Wesley Matthews gave you five points, but he's got if he's gonna take six shots, he's got to hit more than one beyond the three. But they were able to work the ball inside. Bobby Portis was fifty percent inside. Uh Drew Holiday. Was eight for twenty, but three for five beyond the arc. He gave you some big shots, big moments. Brook Lopez didn't drain one from three, and that's an oddity because normally he'll give you one or two in a big moment just to kind of keep that energy going. But he didn't give you that. Didn't give you that. So I'd also look for Brook Lopez to shoot a little bit better in this contest and, and to give you more than six points. But Brook Lopez, they didn't even need him. They didn't even need him. So I look for I look for Boston to make it a, make it a series, but. I'm um, I'm not uh, you know, if, if if the Bucks win tonight, the uh, series is over. I'll put a I'll put a fork in it. They, they may battle back, but I'll put a fork in it at this point. 877-867-1670. Hang in there. More the Bill Michael show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Oh, we got some doings going on in college, uh, college sports. We were just talking about this earlier today and now uh, we got some breaking news upon it. So hang in there. We'll give you that and fill you in coming up here momentarily. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's the deal. Here's the deal going on at Pella right now. Take a listen. Uh, our friends over at Pella. Look, the hometown team, if you want to call them that the home team, H-O-M-E being the home improvement team. Uh, depending on the season, you know, what's your hometown team? Green and gold during their season, brewers during theirs, bucks right now climbing towards a championship. But the year-round home team is Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, In the dead of winter, the heat of summer, and everything in between, Pella of Wisconsin, they're the team to call for energy-efficient windows, doors, entryways. They help you out, and they do it and make your home look great, and they also add value to your home. So why settle for others when they just, you know, I've been telling you this for a while. Right now, there's a window company out there that's just taking a beating because their customer service sucks. There's other window companies who offer you a couple lines and they're cheap discount windows. And their spokespeople are paid where they just give money and say, here you go, talk about us. Whereas Pella, I got them in my house. I've got Pella here. I use it. I believe in it. I have absolutely, positively never had a problem with my pillow windows and doors. Never. Didn't matter. Window, roll screen, slider window. Uh, whether it was the the new patio, I got a new patio door getting ready to go in, they just came over. They finished all the measurements they are now manufacturing the door, and we 're going to take video of that when they are installing that thing, so I can show you up close and personal. But right now, on top of all the great financing, choose up to two thousand five hundred bucks off of an installed patio door and up to three thousand bucks off of an installed entry door system don 't put it off with the price of materials going up. You want to add value to your home. People are putting money into their homes because of the value of what homes are right now. We all know the interest rates are starting to climb. Do the right thing. Take care of your homestead first. It's where you live and breathe and eat and sleep and do other stuff <laughs> every day. Take care of that first. Check them out. Go to Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com or call them 855 PellaWI. That's 855-PELLA-W-I. So so Ben, join us here for a minute. So the the, the kid out of Pitt, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Jordan, or Jordan Addison, he, uh, he's a wide receiver from Pitt, uh, tremendous wide receiver, as a matter of fact. And many would say that he made Kenny look fantastic as a quarterback, which is probably one of the reasons that uh, Kenny Pickett is one of the reasons he went so high. But uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, he's entering the transfer portal because he can make more money elsewhere.
2: Yeah, it was a drawn out thing that kind of got swept under the rug during the NFL draft this weekend. Uh, he was uh, Bolitnikov winner, pretty much best wide receiver in the country. It's coming back for another year uh, to Pittsburgh, and it was leaked to ESPN on Friday that Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi had called USC or now USC coach Lincoln Riley multiple times to pretty much express his displeasure that Lincoln Riley was trying to go through back channels to offer Addison more money before he even entered the transfer portal, pretty much saying we could give you a huge deal, enter the portal and come to us. So the Mm. last day you could have entered the portal and still had the waiver to play immediately, pretty much not having to sit out a year was uh, May 1st. But there was a process to it, so maybe he could have started it before that day. So today was a day that everyone was watching. Would this kid enter the portal uh, and pretty much uh, get the bag, for lack of a better term, from USC? And it was just breaking news that he has entered the portal. And while it was written that uh, there is no imminent decision and that it'll take some time, this was something that the agents were pretty much playing this out publicly. Like they were saying that, that Addison was unhappy with what Pittsburgh was offering USC is offering a lot of money, and he could
0: then enter the portal and go. So it looks like that's happening. Exactly. This is exactly what we were talking about. This is exactly what we were talking about. There's tons of money in L.A. USC can go right back to the top because of the money that they have and the boosters that they have, even UCLA to a certain extent, but more so USC football. Uh, UCLA basketball can certainly benefit it, uh, but USC football, ton of money in L.A., ton of booster support. Um, and this, this does not shock me at all, but this is exactly what we were talking about when it comes to the NCAA and their worst nightmare, because now you have coaches dealing with money, going through back channels, you're dealing with agents, you know, I mean, we've been approached, uh, for radio deals for some guys that'll remain nameless. But uh, I've gotten a couple of phone calls wanting to know if they can get their guys on. Uh, what sponsors do we have? Would the sponsors be willing to pay these guys? All that stuff. We've I've we've already dealt with that. So it's it's just interesting that we just brought this up this morning and started talking about it. When you look at the $1 billion deal that is about to be inked by the Big Ten, by the end of the month, the announcement came earlier today from the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. They expect to have an agreement in place. Uh, They've got this media rights deal that's coming up with Fox and such, which reported Fox already has a big deal in place to renew. It's part of their deal. Uh, But they are set to sign a deal with all their media outlets that's going to equal $1 billion just for the Big Ten. This is not for the NCAA. This is just for the Big Ten. Just for the Big Ten. So we're talking about the money that's involved – the boosters that are involved, paying players, it's just amazing. Just amazing. So
2: Uh, you mentioned it being the NCAA's worst nightmare. I mean, I guess the ironic thing is it's kind of their nightmare because there was no plan in place to regulate it at all. And this was stuff that was already happening for years and years. Now it's all happening above board and, you know, the uh, agents using the media to try to get their guys better deals. I was a little bit off on NIL because while I'm in favor, I, I'm in favor of everything it could bring. The direct pay-for-play and how much it's affected recruiting has, has kind of gone out of control. It, the worst part about it is, in my opinion, that there's no real, like, th- there's no vision to the future. This is only pretty much a year into it, and we have no idea what it's going to look like in two years or five years. So, yep. I don't know.
0: Yep. No, I, I completely agree. It's It's... I can't imagine what this whole thing is going to matriculate to, like you said, over the next three to five years. Because with the money that's now being tossed around openly, before it was always in back channels and everybody had to be careful. And had the NCAA, here's the thing, it's kind of a product of their own stupidity. Had the NCAA used common sense in many areas and not been so Gestapo-like, they would have been better. They, this would not have necessarily gone to this extent, but because they were such just bastards about it, that they want all the money. Nobody's getting anything. We're going to penalize everybody. You can't do anything because we're the Lord and creator. And and they just they doom themselves. Emirate doom themselves. It's not the first time we've said that, is it? Yeah. And and so now you, 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 you took it to the point where now people started suing you. And suing for the ability because you were just such jerks about stuff. And now you have nobody else but yourself to blame because you, you you wrapped your arms so tight. The old adage is if you squeeze something so tight, eventually it squeezes through your fingers. That's what they did. That's that's what Emirate and everybody did in the NCAA. They squeezed it so tight, it squished through their fingers. And now the Pandora's box is open. Now you got to figure not to necessarily how to put it all back but now how to regulate it to where it's at least a controllable entity. But in doing so, you're going to probably have to pay more money to expand your investigatory branch into all the illegality that's going to be taking place because of the almighty dollar. It's it's, it's exactly, like I said earlier today, it's exactly the worst nightmare of the NCAA. They, this is just not what they needed.
2: So 877, go ahead. How much money would, what would your price be to go be NCAA commissioner now? Because Emert's stepping down. What would your number be? To be the commissioner? Yeah, right now.
0: As far as salary goes? Yeah. Oh, God, I, you know, who knows? Um, I, I mean, to me, the money, like, you're not going to be, you're not going to get paid, like, you know, Commissioner Goodell or Commissioner Manfred. That's not what. That's not what this is. You're you're garnering what's supposed to be, you know, amateur athletics. <laughs> so if you're making ten million dollars a year, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, but you're you're probably making a million, two million bucks. You know, whatever. And all the travel, all the time, everything you got to deal with, all the crying, all the whining, all the bitching, all the moaning. You got to deal with that. Um, but that's even probably too much.
2: Yeah, I talked about it with Zach Halperin on our show last Thursday. He said he'd do it pretty much for a dime more than what he's making now. Well, that's you know, once you get it straightened out, it should run itself, right? I don't think getting it straightened out is a realistic option right now. The the talk I'm hearing, and not about what is going to happen, but what possible options could be, is the, the track football at least is going down. We could see the Power Five somehow find a way to break off and be its own entity. <sighs>
0: Correct. Because of the money. It's because of the money. The, 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 they don't want to pay. They don't, you know, it's kind of like when you used to get small schools that would come in and you'd pay them to go beat up on them. You That would be the schools, that would be their money, you know. And then you started putting restrictions on strength of schedule for the BCS or not even called the BCS anymore, the, the bowl championship committee, To be able to say, okay, who did you play? So basically you had to go out and find good competition if you even thought about being one of those schools that was going to be in competition for a championship. Because otherwise that was going to be the determining factor, who played who out of conference schedule. So you took money away from those mid-major schools, those little schools that just depended upon the money for survival. They're not getting that money anymore. So the power conferences basically said, well, then we'll go play the other power conferences. We'll play some of the lesser teams in the power conferences and pay them a little bit of money to, for us to be able to do this and maybe a square on square deal. It, it just it really screwed up football. And I, I get it because we all sit here and, and bitch about who played who and what kind of a margin they beat them by and, you know, who was injured, who wasn't. And we get into the nitpicking rather than just looking at the overall conference schedule and the overall wins and losses. I get that because that's what we do. We're kind of a, a perpetuator of the problem. But the money is, once you open that Pandora's box, it, now it's just, you can just feel it seeping in. You can just feel Dirty money and clean money. And it's not going to the guys that you intended it to. It's not going to the guy that was a walk on, that's busting his ass to go to class, that's still paying his student loans. It's not going to that guy. It's going to the stars that are already getting kiss ass treatment. And now they're being paid. It's all the, it's the Johnny Manziel effect. When he walked out on stage, show me the money with his fingers in the air, rubbing his fingers and thumbs together. Show me the money. That's when it started, was the Johnny Manziel side. I mean, we all know the players wanted to be paid, go all the way back to the SMU scandal. But Johnny Manziel brought it to the forefront. His dad wanted more money. He wanted more money. People then began to realize that, hey, we could make a, a mint off of this. And that's when that whole thing began to really creak open uh, much, much wider than we'd ever seen it before. And now this is where we stand today, and it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Um, 867 1670 Hang in there. we got a lot more of The Bill Michael Show coming up next. some exciting news coming about one of our fine sponsors, the Social House, H-A-U-S, uh, on Lisbon Road in Monomany Falls. Coming up in a couple of weeks, I'm going over there today, we're meeting on this, but I want to kind of put it in the back of your mind, that we're going to be doing a broadcast from there, as uh, Dan is about ready to do the grand reopening of his business. So we're going to go over and do the, but we're not just there because he's opening his business back up. We're there for because the opening weekend is going to be a weekend-long fundraiser for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So Dan is uh, celebrating the opening and expansion of his business. We're going to be there celebrating uh, and making awareness to the fact that uh, the motorcycle ride is coming up, which benefits Fisher House, Wisconsin, and uh, and raising some funds along the way. So I can't wait. I'm really excited. But put it in the back of your mind, uh, Social House, H-A-U-S, Social House, over there on Lisbon Road in Menomonee Falls, and we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. More details to come, but things are really starting to progress with a lot of the stuff that we're going to be doing out of studio. So keep that in mind as we're going to be out and about in many different areas coming up throughout the summer months. But it all begins in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Looking forward to it. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to do so. Uh, again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This one is from uh, Lucas. Lucas says, "Love the show." Unit game plan. Celtics going to clamp down on Giannis a little more, so we have to have a, have to hit the open shots. Defense plays the same game as game one and game two. We get a win. Thoughts? Go Bucks. Bucks and six. Have a good one. See you. Um, first and foremost, yes. To answer your question regarding Giannis, there there's no way they're going to allow Giannis to just beat him up on the inside. Then again, they tried to in the in game one. They tried to beat him up. And they just couldn't do it. He still, when they clamped down on him, he, he was able to kick it back out to whether it was, you know, Drew Holiday or Grayson Allen or Bobby Portis or whomever. He was able to kick it out. I mean, because Giannis, for as good as he was, he still ended up with 12 assists in that game. So when he got the ball... He had 13 boards, 12 assists, 24 points. I mean, the guy was a machine. He was a machine. The one thing you would like to see is the, the Bucks cut down on the turnovers. They had 13 turnovers in that game. However, they created 18 turnovers. And usually the Celtics hang onto the ball a little bit better than that, too. I expect game two to be different. Tonight's going to be a dogfight. Tooth and nail, you better believe it. It's going to be a dogfight tonight. 877 Tonight's going to be a night where you look for Brooke Lopez to have more points. More points, maybe a three or two. Maybe one, two threes from beyond the arc. Keep things honest, spread it out a little bit. Uh, but tonight's going to be that night where I think Brook Lopez. If I'm going to have to pick a guy to step up, and, and by, by when, when I say step up, I'm not saying Brook Lopez is going to come out and he's going to, you know, because he only had six points in game one. Let's just say Brook Lopez gives you 14 tonight. It's probably a fair assessment. I, I think he gets 12 to 14 tonight. But he's a guy that picks up a little bit of the offensive slack. Giannis is still going to get his. Giannis still, Giannis is going to end up with about you know 20. 24, 28, maybe 30 points. Okay, I still think they're going to try to clamp down on, him, but it's not going to happen. But Lopez hits from the outside. Bobby Portis say he gives you 12 tonight. Drew Holiday's got to come up big. Give you at least 21 points. At least I look for more out of Wesley, Wesley Matthews tonight. Give me 10 out of Wesley Matthews. Eight to 10, something like that. But when when the rest get on the floor, Carter give me give me seven to 10. Pat Connington Connington, give me 10. Grayson Allen, give me ten. Give us, give us those areas, and you're good to go. I don't know if Tucker's going to find the floor. I love Tucker's play, I really do. I just don't know if he's going to find the floor very much in this series. I don't know if they go that deep into the bench. As much as I like him, and he's got that that got that scrappiness, he just doesn't play a whole lot. Doesn't play a ton of minutes. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh Cal says, uh, how far out does your patio how far out is your patio door? Just curious. Some window companies uh lead times are 30 weeks. Oh um, no, I, I think it's six to eight weeks tops. They told me the latest it would be is early July. So no, not that I know of. That that's what they're telling me. So thanks for asking though. Uh, Douglas says Bucks wins tonight. win tonight. They're going to sweep. Brewers had better sweep this series. Uh, Packers are going to have a, a great rookie wide receiver production. Very explosive. Think about this, though. When you talk about rookie wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers has never thrown more than 38 passes to any rookie since he's become the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in one season. This year, Mike, he might have to break that, obviously, because he doesn't have other veterans hanging around. But just an FYI the aversion not to throw to rookies is very, very real. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. We got another hour yet to go. We got another hour yet to go. I'm liking it. Brandon wants to know if I've got a smoke eater. No, I don't use a smoke eater for cigars. I use uh, one of those old vents like Grandma used to have in her house from years gone by. Hooked to a pipe, goes right out of the ceiling through the window, and right out of the uh, right out of the, the bar area, which my bar, bar area is below ground. So, pipes right through the uh, the easement window. There you go. Stay tuned. More Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.